You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Bad Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. Fans, we got a, a nice, tight show for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA Finals, and then we're going to go right into our trading card scenario. But first, Danny, the Golden State Warriors went ahead and wrapped this thing up in six. I was right, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I was going to be straight up, man. I, I had a feeling that the Warriors just did not want to go back to San Francisco for a game seven where anything can happen, a turn of an ankle, somebody get injured. So they went ahead and wrapped it up in six. And oh boy, what a game six, man. Yep. Something that has happened for the first time in, in the NBA Finals history and where a team goes on a 21-0 run. You kidding me? Danny. These Warriors did not let up. They continued. They took the lead. Well, first, the Boston Celtics actually started pretty well. Mm -hmm. And they ultimately gave up the lead. And the Warriors never gave that lead up, man. So interesting game, man, where Steph becomes finally the finals MVP. And rightfully so, man. He averaged 31.2 a game. I absolutely love his shenanigans <laughs> on the floor after hitting a three by the finals logo, calling for his ring. Uh, King Petty uh, became finals MVP, man. What an awesome game six. What say you, Danny? Yeah, Jason, I thought Boston got off on the right track. They started off hot. And that run, man, they just couldn't overcome it. They made a couple jabs at the Golden State Warriors in that fourth quarter, but they cut it to eight. And <clears throat> But Golden State just hit, kept hitting big shot after big shot, and they kept switching, which I didn't understand, off Steph Curry. So Steph Curry, it was always Al Horford on Steph Curry, and Steph Curry exploited that matchup and kept taking it to the basket, or he would cross back, hit a three, Clay hit a couple big threes. Draymond came to play. Andrew Wiggins, again, hit a lot of big shots down the stretch in that game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I thought for a sec, I knew they were going to give it to Steph Curry for MVP, but Andrew Wiggins was a 1B. Because if he didn't step up and play the way he did those last three games, Boston gets that series, in my opinion. Because he, he was there on the boards. He brought his A game on the defensive end. He was missing that those first few games against Tatum, but then he started playing really good defense. And he made some big threes and some big shots for them. Uh, and it was just cool, man, to see Golden State get that fourth title. Because uh, you just don't know if they'll ever get back again. You know, they're favorite, obviously, because they won, but they are getting older. And you just don't know team dynamics over the summer and everything like that if 
they'll get that opportunity again. So good on them for cashing that in. And they had a great parade yesterday, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. acting a fool as they should. Uh, Clay, I'll tell you what they man, Clay's had a lot, <laughs> a lot to say after this championship. He, like he said, I, um, I'm paraphrasing here. He has a, a memory of an elephant. Yeah. Yep. And he said a lot of stuff was talked and there's some back and forth with the Grizzlies right now, uh, getting ready for next year. So, which is good. This is what we want to see from a fan's perspective. Cause you want to see some rivalries and some, yeah, you know, some contention there where cats are coming out the ball and put it all on the line when they go out in these regular season games, cause they want to shut people up. So congratulations to the warriors on their, uh, championship, man. And their dynasty. And let me just add a couple of things to that, Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, you talked about all the switching that was done. Hey, man, Marcus Smart was calling for the switches. Marcus Smart didn't have anything for Steph Curry. All mm-hmm. the running around Steph Curry was doing tired Marcus Smart out. Yep. All of the flops and the flopping that Marcus Smart was doing, especially at the beginning of that game. Yep. And granted, he got a couple of calls in his favor, but then it started going against him. Mm-hmm. And so I remember uh, a flop that he did in where Steph just rose up for a three, looked at him. He was off way on the side. Steph did a side step for a three and knocked mm-hmm. it down. I mean, all this flapping and everything, Marcus Smart, come on, man. You the defensive player of the year. And that's another thing too, Danny, the fact that, not only the fact that Steph got this finals MVP, he got it against the defensive player of the year. Yep. That adds a little bit more cachet to his, to his uh, legend. And so just the flapping and everything, come on, man, we got to stop with all that. And I'm hoping that NBA does something about that. I just want to see a straight up game mm-hmm. and where there's no flapping and that they're just going for it. Um, and I have to give kudos to um, Al Horford, man. This is his first time in the finals in his career. He played decently um, and everything, and he didn't give up. I think to some degree, man, in that game six, Danny, I wouldn't say that the Boston Celtics gave up, but I think they started looking around like, we can't do nothing with these cats. Mm Mm-hmm. What can we do? I mean, we done tried everything already. We done tried everything that was in a game plan and in plan A, B, and C. <laughs> Plans A, B, and C not working. <laughs> what what else can we do? Jason Tatum was off. I mean, he played 40 minutes, had 13 points. Mm-hmm. Six for 18 from the field, one for four from three-point land. Uh, Jalen Brown had 34 points in a closeout game when their backs were against the wall. Yep. He was 12 for 23 from the field, five for 11 from three point land. Uh, so, I mean, Jalen Brown, you know, stepped up, uh, and everything. And you look on the other side here with Wiggins having 18 points, uh, but not only that, Danny, but you had your bench starting to do something here, man. Jordan Poole, 15 yeah. points. 
Gary Payton the second man had an excellent, excellent series, man. And I think he wanted him some money. Yep. Even though he only scored six points, but man, he was a plus 18 uh, on the floor. I mean, his impact, man. Oh, it was tremendous, man. And so when you have a a team that is doing that, Mm -hmm. um, that says a lot. And, Danny, like I said, the Celtics started off well, but as the Golden State Warriors went on that run, everybody was involved. Everybody touched the ball. Everybody was live on the court. And I think yep. that says a lot, especially in a game, game clinching scenario in where we going for this. Draymond Green played well. I mean, Draymond Green had 12 points. 12 rebounds and eight assists. Yeah. So everybody touched the ball. Everybody on the floor was live. Uh, and they were just flowing, man. All led by Steph Curry. Jason Tatum had like what a hundred turnovers in this these playoffs. Between him and Brown, man, they had a lot of a lot of turnovers. And this and speaking of Tatum and Brown, Danny, yep. we had an interesting discussion about who would we want. Tatum or Brown. Now, back in the day, I said Brown. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking with Brown, man. After these finals, come on, man. Brown actually averaged 23.5, and Jason Tatum averaged 21.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, field goal percentage. Brown shot the ball at 43% versus Tatum at 36%. Turnovers. Jason Tatum had close to four turnovers a game versus Jalen Brown with about three turnovers a game. So i just say this, Danny. I think I would continue to take Brown. I think Tatum may get better because of this. Mm -hmm. He'll probably go back in the lab. But I'm going to tell you, man, Andrew Wiggins held Tatum down a little bit there, man. And it's going to be real interesting to see how Tatum comes back. But I think the Celtics are going to have to make some personnel moves. What say you, Danny? Jalen Brown did have a good ending to that series, but I'm still sticking with Tatum. <laughs> and I look at it like this, man. He had he had some bad games in this finals. It was a great learning experience for him. And you got to look at, too, he was the one getting double teamed, not Jalen Brown, from my perspective. They mm-hmm. threw multiple bodies because Wiggins was getting dogged those first couple games. Yeah. But yeah. we're like, what is Wiggins doing? What's Wiggins doing, man? <laughs> Where is his brother at? Where is his head at, more or less? And then finally, he the light switch turned on, mm-hmm. and then they made some adjustments on the defensive end to help him out where he could handle him one-on-one, but then they throw a double team at Tatum, mm-hmm. which I think threw Tatum's game completely off because mm-hmm. he wasn't used to seeing that type of look from a defensive perspective. So leading up to that, man, if they didn't have Tatum, Tatum stepped up and got them to the point they were at. So I'm still going to stick with Tatum. I look at Jalen Brown as a 1B. I think he's a great player. He can create his own shot. He's a great defender. He makes some – they make – it's very weird to watch them sometimes. They make – like depending on the game, 
they make the same mistake. They're like the same, same player. Same mistake, same player, exactly. They turn, they're like, what is I mean, they dribbled into the defense. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, God, what, what y'all, what y'all doing? But and they and they let them get away with a lot of that shoving stuff. But that's that's mm-hmm. I'm gonna digress on that. Mm-hmm. But all in all, I'm gonna stick with Tatum. And I think he just like he just didn't know his shot wasn't falling, his confidence was gone, and mm-hmm. I'm looking for him to have a strong off season, and we'll see what happens as they go forward. But I think to what we just talked about, they need to make a couple tweaks to the lineup to help them get them down the line because yep. the Bucks, are, like you said, they're going to be waiting. Oh, they're going to be waiting. Yep, and we'll have to see about the other teams. The Bucks is the ma- are the main ones that Boston should be worried about. Mm-hmm. Miami, we'll see what they do because P.J. Tucker's opting out, and yep. there may be some fundamental changes there. So this is going to be a fun offseason, I'll tell you that for sure. Speaking of which, man, so let me ask you about that P.J. Tucker opting out. You mm-hmm. think the Bucks go back and try to get him? I would, I would try. It won't, It doesn't hurt to have someone like him in the locker room. He's he's the one that gives them that dog, like he said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And him with Portis, they're a bad combo, man, from the defensive perspective and just the confidence they give. And they're they're sitting right behind Giannis. Mm-hmm. So they're protecting their star as well. So I think they, they right or wrong here because I thought – PJ, they should have tried to sign PJ yep. last year. I know the money was a little high and they didn't want to go into luxury tax like that, but I think he tried to bring him back. But speaking of that, though, Danny, with what the Golden State Warriors have done and will be doing and are doing, mm-hmm. consistently going into the luxury tax. Yep. And you know my stance on that, Danny. My stance has always been. Hey man, go ahead and go into the luxury tax. Yep. Go into the luxury tax because you're gonna make that money back up when you have these deep playoff runs, i.e., Golden State, who just won, and now they're gonna have to pay Jordan Poole and GP2. Mm-hmm. And there's gonna be a tax slide, tax hit on that. Yep. But they're gonna make another deep playoff run. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna get that money back because they're in San Francisco. And these luxury boxes are going to be sold out. Yep. And so I'm just saying, I think the Bucks needs to really look at that when you talk about Giannis or having Giannis, having that window to actually win championships. And you're going to make that money back. Mm-hmm. Giannis is a global icon. You're going to make that money back. So... So I don't know what we're going to do with Wesley Matthews. So the question would be, do you want P.J. Tucker or do you want Wesley Matthews? Or can you have them both? Put Matthews on the bench. Put P.J. Tucker in there. Mm-hmm. Start and line up. Or interchange them. Yep. You do that, I mean, I think, man, that's tough. Buzz got some decisions, but I think they're licking their chops, man, ready to get back in there. And now, Danny, we have an interesting trading card scenario. Who we got? So, Jason, our trading card scenario today is Rip Hamilton, Richard Hamilton's 1999 Hoops rookie card 
for Chris Middleton's 2012 Contenders rookie card. A couple quick bios. Richard Hamilton, a.k.a. Rip, was the seventh overall pick in the 1999 draft by the Washington Wizards out of University of Connecticut. Three-time All-Star, one NBA title with the Detroit Pistons in 2004. Uh, career average is 17.1 points, three rebounds, three assists a game. Chris Middleton, 39th pick in the 2012 draft by the Detroit Pistons out of Texas A&M University. He, Chris Middleton is also a three-time All-Star, one NBA title with the Bucks in 2021, as we all know. Career averages 17.1 points, five rebounds, four assists. So, Jason, who do you want in your portfolio? <laughs> Manny, this has been a tough one. I'm still trying to decide, man. <laughs> <laughs> because Rip Hamilton was, was awesome, man. He had a nice mid-range game on him. Extended it out to the three, um, but the but that mid range game was lethal, man. Especially when he was younger. Chris Middleton, man, I mean, he is master of the mid range game. Has some beautiful footwork, man. For those fans and young fans who don't know, look at Chris Middleton on YouTube and look at some of his highlights, man. Just look at the footwork he has, man. Um, and so. Danny, I'm going to make this short and sweet, man, because this was a very difficult one. I'm still deciding at this point in time. But I'm going to actually go with Chris Middleton. And here's why. Giannis is a transformational figure in the sport. Mm-hmm. His story speaks volumes. And the fact that he has taken an organization, he has taken a franchise, who hasn't won a championship in 50 years, that says a lot, man. And it was interesting watching Kareem and Oscar and some of the other championship players uh, come back and tell the stories and all that stuff, man. Um, To hear that and to see that, uh, I think having that Robin, that second player to Mm -hmm. come up and help with that championship run over 50 years to the Milwaukee Bucks. Hey man, that says a lot. And he has a lethal mid range game that we rely upon and that we actually really missed against the Boston Celtics. And so I think that shows even more of his value uh, and everything. So Rip Hamilton, yeah, they definitely won a championship with the Detroit Pistons. Uh, but Detroit won, in, I mean, last time they won was 89-90. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the organization, the franchise have recently won uh, a championship. So I'm going with Chris Milton, Danny. Who you got? Their stats are very similar. Mm-hmm. They're both three-time All-Stars. They both have a chip. They both average 17 a game over their career. They're both mid-range players. They mm-hmm. mastered that mid-range. And actually both pretty good defenders as well. I think Rip is a better defender than Middleton. Um, think so? Yeah. I think Rip is a, a slightly better defender. But when I'm looking at the cards, I'm going Chris Middleton. I just look at the value. And coming off that championship, 
I look at two Middleton, like you mentioned, was the Robin. He's mm -hmm. the second in command. Mm -hmm. Rip, he wasn't necessarily that on that team. Mm -mm. There are a lot of players on that team. You have mm -hmm. Ben Wallace on that squad, Chauncey Billups, uh, Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace, yep. So he was a key part to that team. Mm -hmm. But I think they still, if something, you know, they could still play around Rip if Rip was having a bad game. If mm -hmm. Middleton's having a bad game, everyone knows it. Mm -hmm. Everyone calls it out because he does have those games where he, he will disappear on you. Sure does. Uh, so his consistency is still still working through that. But all in all, from a card perspective, I'm looking at taking Chris Middleton's card in this trading card scenario. Thank you for joining us at That Porch Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love. Thank you.